the Geraldine Jameson interview, brought to you by Tinwald Mills St. John's. Hello and a very warm welcome to this week's programme. Now, my guest today is a best-selling author who has just embarked on his fifth national tour, taking in 41 nights. His shows have received rave reviews and sold out all across the British Isles. In 2004, he sold a staggering 60,000 tickets and over a quarter of a million books. I quote from the Times newspaper, Gervais Finn is one of the most accomplished public speakers of any kind. A natural storyteller, he combines the timing of the professional comedian with palpable warmth and the ability to deliver a message that is more than just a series of jokes. Well, Gervais Finn, a very warm welcome to the programme once again. Thank you very much, Geraldine, and that wonderful introduction as well. <laughs> That's marvellous. Thank you. You, you recognised yourself all right, did you? <laughs> Not really, no. No. <laughs> well, now, um, since we last spoke... There must be another masterpiece set, of course, in your beloved Yorkshire Dales, catapulted to the top of the bestseller list, I'm sure, and probably once more based on your time as an education advisor and schools inspector there. That's right, yes. I mean, the fourth Dales book was up and down in the Dales, and uh, and that did well. But at, last Christmas I brought out a, a collection of nativity stories and poems called A Wayne in a Manger. Um, and the title was got from when I was in a school and a little boy... I said to him, what's the special name of the special baby born on December the 25th? And they all shouted, Wayne. And I said, well, no, it was Jesus, actually. And they said, it was Wayne, it was Wayne. And then they all started to sing, you know, a Wayne in. <laughs> so I pinched the title, Javelin. That's a marvellous, marvellous title. <laughs> is there a different angle to this book? Is- well, yeah, the, the Christmas one is, is uh, a collection of just... Uh, little amusing stories, anecdotes, poems and uh, little plays and things like that which centre around the nativity play in school. And I just thought it'd be rather nice to produce a little book that celebrate Christmas and the joy of Christmas and the fact that, you know, it's a children's... Uh, a special time for children. And um, and I got a wonderful illustrator. So, you know, it was, it was just a sort of labour of love, this one. Did you include um, the story, you know, of the nativity play? I think it was set in Glasgow. Um, I think probably did. I can't remember whether it. I think I probably did, but I did. I know I included one where um, it was in Croydon, and, and little boys, three little boys, were playing the three wise men, and the first one came on. Um, uh, with his paper crown, and uh, he said, oh, "I am the king of the north." He says, "And I bring baby Jesus gold," mm-hmm. and he put the gold down. The next one, little Cockney lad, said, "Oh," he said, "I am the king of the south." He says, "I bring baby Jesus frankincense." Now these two little kings did a great flourish, a great bow after they'd uh, presented the gifts. You see, last little lad comes on and he says, uh, "I am the king of the east." He said, "And I bring baby Jesus frankincense," but he didn't bow, and off stood came this sort of large stage whisper from the teacher. Dwayne, she said, Dwayne, bow, 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 bow. And he looked at her and then looked at the audience and went, woof! (laughs) (laughs) So there's, you know, little funny things like that, which are innocent and... um you know. There's a marvellous one too, wasn't there? Around a mayoral procession. I'm not sure whether it was Rotherham or... It was Rotherham, yeah. And the mayor, the mayor, uh, Councillor Kirk in his mayoral chains and I was uh, hosting the uh, taking him to the nativity at her in a in a town school and the children were coming the opposite way they were not going into school they were going home and there's a little lad we've all seen him with hair like a lavatory brush and his little green candle at his nose and the mayor says hold on he said hold on where's everybody going he said we've come for the nativity he said and this little boy said well it's off <laughs> 
He said, it's off. Oh, he said, ah, he said, Virgin Mary's got nits. It's <laughs> <laughs> so marvellous. I think, you know, Yorkshire, you know, it's so lovely to come to the Isle of Man because it's a very special place in my heart, you know, Geraldine. I mentioned that last time. I went to the Isle of Man as a child uh, with the school, the youngster, every year for what must have been six years. And we camped on Little Canvas camp beds in um, Castle Russian Primary School, the crossroads of Port Erin and Port St Mary. And it was such a wonderful time, those two weeks, you know, going up Brad Ahead and looking for conger eels. And I just had such a wonderful childhood uh, coming over to the Great Island. So I'm really, really excited about coming over there, you know. It was terrific. Well, you surely will get a warm welcome here because I think the humour, there's, you know, something similar in many ways. But it's, you're able to sort of just pick it, pick up the ludicrous situation and and you have this wonderful, you can deal with any sort of accent at all. I think it's marvellous. <laughs> but to set the scene a little bit for people that haven't heard of this marvellous name, Gervais Finn, you were born in South Yorkshire to a working class family. You were bullied at school, actually, but you were loved dearly at home. Your mother, did she like yoghurt or something? Why did you call you Gervais? Well, my mother was a very devout Catholic, and um, after the second child, uh, she had um, Christine, then Michael, my brother and sister, and after the second child with Michael, she was she nearly died, and she was told not to really have any more children, but she had Alec, and then she had me. I always wondered, you know, whether um, I was a little surprised because Saint Gervais is the last saint of all in the great litany of saints. He was um, clubbed to death but with a lead whip in the arena in Rome in front of Emperor Nero. And I just think when my mother was saying her prayers for a safe, you know, uh, birth, um, whether Saint Gervais, this little appendices saint, this little appendix, and I think probably that was it, maybe. Oh, she never said that. <laughs> it sounds to me, you know, as if it could have been a brand of yoghurt. Well, actually. that's what somebody said, you know, a French teacher said to me that, you know. <laughs> she said, your name, you know, is an household name in France. Everywhere you go, you will hear the name Gervais. <laughs> it is a beautiful name. And then there's a pause and she said, it is the name of a yoghurt. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about the Reader's Badge. That was a big uh, first step for you in your little life, wasn't it? Well, well, I went. I, I mean, I went back to my infant school in Rotherham when I was uh, a school's inspector to inspect the school I attended as a as an infant. Strange experience because the smell in the school had lingered, and so had my teacher, uh, Miss Greenhalge, was actually still there. And I go in and. She said, good gracious. I said, good gracious. I said, it's Miss Greenhalgh. And she's waiting with folded arms. And she says, uh, yes, she said, I'm still here, Gervais. And my goodness, didn't you do well? She said, you got more degrees than a thermometer. And then there was a pause. And she said, because you weren't on the top table, were you? And I wasn't on the top table. I was an average child. I was one of these people in life who is one of the unremarkable majority, the average and I always thought that really good teachers, of course, stretch and challenge and excite the really able children and help and support the the children with special needs. But there are a lot of people in life, like myself, who are average. And with the influence of a brilliant teachers and lovely parents, you, you can actually achieve. And when I, um, I learned to read on a book called The Happy Trio, um, she gave it me, Miss Greenhouse. She'd kept it because she said you never know when they'll come in again. <laughs> and um, it was the happy trio, and the first one was called Come. Come, Sally, come, come. Oh, Sally, come. 
come, come Sally, come, come Sally, come. I mean, in fact, the second story hasn't that depth of plot. And then um, I, I was given a little badge that said, to the world, a little tin badge, I am a free reader. I walked down the council estate with the badge on my, my little cardigan and expecting adults to stop me and say, look, he's a free reader, but they didn't. But my mother did, you see. Ah. And when I got home, she said, what have you got covered up, love? And I showed her the badge, and she said, where did you find that? Because I was always used to being teased, and I said, I I'm a free reader. You can't be, love, she said. You've got to be a really clever boy to be a free reader. I said, but I am. <laughs> and she said... Wait till your father gets in. Now, my father's a steel worker. He had red dust in his ears. I always remember that. He worked in the great Don Valley, that stinking, dusty, noisy foundry in South Yorkshire. And when my father... I waited at the top of the street and my father came up in his overalls and I ran to him. I remember him holding me up in the, in the air and a free reader. He said, well, you know, you're going to have to prove it. And I sat on my daddy's knee and I read Peter Rabbit... I walked on clouds. I mean, I, I, you see, when I go into schools as inspector, sometimes I'll work with colleagues, inspectors, who one said, I don't believe in these badges for children, these I've been a good boy, good work, well done. But you see, Geraldine, I do, because as a little one, I remember the feeling of success at that very early age, just a little tin badge. And I spoke some years ago at the Guildhall in London and they all wore the little badges, you know, I've been a good boy or well done. There were OBEs and CBEs and medals, which they all wore with pride. And I was next to a lovely man called Lord Williams and he said to me, you know, Tommy Javier, he said, you know, that's the most unusual um, decoration you're wearing because it said on the programme, decorations will be worn. <laughs> he said, what is that decoration? I said, well, it says I, I am a free reader. He said, oh, and I said, I would have worn my other one, but I felt it a little arrogant. I do have cycling proficiency. <laughs> but you know, Geraldine, when my mother died, and there'll be listeners who will identify with this, uh, mums and dads, grannies and grandpas, that when my mother died, she had a little box of treasures. There was nothing of value in it. There were just one or two things. But at the bottom was that little badge, I'm a free reader. And then she'd saved it, and my sister gave it me back. Mm. And little things like that, they've no value, uh, no no monetary value, but um, I've still got it. Marvellous. I think it's a marvellous story. There was also a little girl, her name was India, okay. and she desperately wanted your autograph because she had been told that you were famous. Yes, that's right. I was in a little school, a little preparatory school, and she came up and said, um, are you famous? And I said, no. She said, well, Mrs Callaghan, our teacher, she told us you were famous. I said, well, have you heard of me? Well, no, I haven't actually, but I was told you were famous. I said, well, I can't be famous if you haven't heard of me. No, you can't. But she said, I brought my autograph book in specially. And I said, well, I'll happily sign it, but I'm not famous. She said, well, I really don't want you to sign it if, if you're not famous. And I said, well, I won't sign it then. And she said, my name is India and I'm named after a country. And I said, well, I'm, my name's Gervais and I'm named after a yoghurt. She said, you're not really named after a yoghurt. And I said, you know, India, I said, teasing her, when my mother was expecting me, she had a passion for 
as women do when they're having babies sometimes, for two things. One was uh, French yoghurt with a brand name Gervais, and the other was broccoli. I said, I think I did pretty well with the the Gervais. And she giggled, as little ones do, and she said, I know what you are now, Mr Finn. And I said, and what am I, India? She said, you're a tease, aren't you? I said, yes, I suppose I am, really. Do you like to be teased? She said, well, only if it's, if it's not cruel, but if it's cruel, you shouldn't tease. That's what my grandpa says. And I said, well, your grandpa's a very wise man. And there was a little pause, and she said, do you know Sir Ludovic Kennedy? And I said, no. She said, well, he's my grandpa. And it was some years ago, and she said, do you know my granny, uh, Moira Shearer? I said, no. She said, she was a famous ballerina. I said, I know. I know. I said, I remember seeing her in a wonderful film called The Red Shoes. And she said, and you know uh, Sir Peter Dickinson, he's in charge of the Royal Observatory. I said, no, he's my great uncle. And tell me, Mr Finn, do you know Lord Rees? I said, no, no, I don't. He's my grandpa. I said, India, I said, you hold it there. I said, uh, I'll go and get my autograph book. (laughs) (laughs) So she signed an autograph for me. Probably be very, very famous one day, you know? I think she's probably made a little bob or two on it already. But you know, sometimes, Geraldine, children are so different. I was in a school in Barnsley and a little girl came out and said to the head, uh, said to the teacher, she said, Miss Mister, my mum says I've not got to be called Tracy Jenkins, said Eddie Bauer. Oh, why, Tracy? Because I've not got to be. She said, I've not got to be called it, Eddie Bauer. Well, why? Well, because my dad's run off with women again. And she said, and my mum says she's not having him back because he's always going off with women and then coming back and we're not having him back. I said, oh, the teacher said, oh, right. Well, how does that, why does that, why does that mean you should change your name then, Tracy? Well, because my mum's got a new partner, she said, and he's called Ron Smith and he's moved in with us. Yes. And my mum says, can I go off register as Tracy Jenkinson and be put down as Tracy Smith because my mum's got this new partner called Ron Smith. And a little lad of six looked up from the desk from his writing and said, we had him, he were rubbish. (laughs) (laughs) You know. (laughs) Sad in one way, funny in another, Uh, I guess. Exactly. You were actually dubbed, Gervais, as the James Herriot of schools. You knew him, of course, the real man. Well, I didn't know him. I met him uh, and and it was, again, uh, purely chance. I'd appeared on Esther Ransom's show because um, I'd done a charity talk for Childline. I, you mentioned bullying, and I'm one very passionate about stamping out that sort of evil in schools because it's so, so cruel. And um, I'd done some work with Childline, and Esther Ranson came along, and I went on her show three times. And following it, I got a lovely letter from Penguin Publishers, uh, the editor, uh, Jenny Deerham, saying, would I like to go down to London and meet her? She was James Herriot's editor and Miss Reed two of my favourite writers. And um, I went down and had a wonderful uh, um, time with them and lunch and met the great man. And I, I also appeared on stage with his son, Jim White, again, a wonderful uh, raconteur, very funny man, mm. and a great uh, biographer too. So I'm very flattered with that mm. comparison, although I would say, without any false modesty, I'm not anywhere near the kind of quality of a writer that, that he is or he was. Well, was it him or was it his son then, I think, who, who told you the story, you know, of the young lad in the bar, the birth of either, it was either a Frisian or an Aberdeen Angus Oh, it was, it, it was a black Angus. Black Angus. And, and the little boy was uh, eight and the farmer uh, said to the vet, Alf White, who, of course, that was his real name, who was James Herriot, uh, do you think my little lad could come out and look at uh, 
you know, come and have a look in barn because uh, calf's going to be born tonight, Mr White. And I think lad's old enough now to see what's going to be happening because he's going to take off at farm. He's my only son and I like to... I, I'm honest with him about animals and stuff. So Harriet said, of course. So the little lad was carried over in his little dressing gown and his slippers across the wet fields and they went into the byre and there was this great, wonderful Black Angus cow struggling and um, giving birth Harriet said to the little boy who was standing on a bale of hay with great eyes like, as we say in Yorkshire, chapel hat pegs, he said, um, now look, young man, don't say anything. Don't, don't, and if you get a bit frightened, just, you know, jump down from the bale, but don't say anything, but just watch. He said, because tonight you're going to see a miracle. And the little lad stared and the great cow suddenly gave birth to this wonderful little black Angus, black from head to foot, and the vet wiped the calf's mouth and... He held it up and the little creature was steaming and looking for its mother and he held it before this little boy like a sort of offering and said to him, what do you think of that? And the little boy thought for a moment and said, so how did it swallow the dog in the first place? <laughs> <laughs> Out of the mouths of babes, you know. <laughs> but, you know, I've got my stories about the Dales and a legion um, but as I say, I'm writing at the moment an early autobiography. And of course, The Great Isle of Man comes into that. Oh, does it? Oh, yes, because it was a very, very uh, important part in my life as a youngster. <laughs> you see, we didn't have a lot of money as children. Uh, um, my parents, is uh, a steelworker, my dad, and there were four of us in a council house. And the school trips were either to Switzerland and Austria. Those were the expensive ones, you know, the skiing. Yes. But the cheaper one was £9 for a fortnight in the Isle of Man. <laughs> and for £9, we took our own sheets and we camped in this school on the crossroads. And we took the school cooks and... I went there and it was just so memorable. I went back to that school when I went over to do some work in the Isle of Man um, for the advisors there and the teachers, which, again, I had a great, great time. And it was really quite moving because I went round the school and although it had completely been refurbished and changed... I've got to say to you that the smell had lingered again. It's funny how the smells yes. of schools are always there. And what I remember was the window frames were still there. And I just walked round. I mean, I'm 60 next birthday, but I remember going there was 11 and it just flooded back. Mm. The memories of, there were, there were probably 20 boys. It was a boys' school, you see. 20 boys in a small classroom with uh, canvas beds. And we'd talk late into the night and then we'd have, you know, there'd be football and we'd be playing outside, be tennis. And then we'd walk down and go up to Bradhead for cream teas and look for, uh, fish for conger eels and walk along the front at Douglas. It's such a lovely island. So I'm, And, of course, one of my former colleagues is now, I think she's uh, either the director over there or some very high, Margaret Britton, who is a Manx woman herself. And I'm looking forward to seeing Margaret again. We worked. With, she worked in North York. She has this wonderful singing voice and was always very proud of being Manx, you know. <laughs> and the other one, of course, is that I came over and did some work for... Um, Pat and Jack Corrin. Oh, indeed. Who you'll know. Very well. Um, I did a, a, a talk for Pat and stayed with them over uh, the weekend. And what a wonderful time I had there. And and um, Jack took me around the island to the Tinwald and told me all about, you know, the um, the history of the island. And it was just wonderful. So I'm really, really looking forward to coming. 
Are you going to run out, do you think, of material oh, in the end? no, 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 no. <laughs> I've got 36 years of material. I could, this is my new show. It's not my, I've already done one show, but this is my new show. You know, I've got so much. I mean, one, one uh, was uh, last... I was just thinking, uh, coming up for Easter, that I was in a school uh, at Easter time and a little girl, an infant, who's in Sheffield, brought out a, a little chocolate nest with the little cream eggs in and said to the teacher, uh, Miss, she said, I think you're the best teacher in the whole wide world and I've brought you a little present. And the teacher went very red and looked over at me, the inspector, and said, I didn't prompt her to say that, Mr Finn, you know. I said, no, no, I'm sure you didn't. The little girl... The teacher popped a little egg in her mouth and said, do you think Mr Finn might have one of those eggs, uh, Debbie? And little girl brought the eggs to me and popped it on her hand. And I popped it in my mouth. I said, oh, that's lovely. Another little girl came out with another little chocolate, a little egg on her hand. And she said, this is for you too, miss. And the teacher said, oh, well, I'll just have one more, but no more. <laughs> and she popped it in her mouth. And just as she did, the little girl said, our budgelade it this morning. <laughs> True story. And the teacher had to rush out of the classroom <laughs> and leave me with the children. And um, things like that, which are very... I mean, I was doing a story a few weeks ago. Uh, and it, I was, Little gems come out and a little girl was crying at the end. And my story was a lovely story, I think, a lovely gentle story about a cat that nobody wanted. And at the end, uh, somebody takes the cat. And I said, did my story upset you? And she shook her head. I said, why, why are you crying? She said, well, I've wet my knickers. I said, have you? I've wet my knickers. I've wet them. And I said, well, don't worry. I used to wet my pants when I was little. Everybody does. But I've wet my knickers. And I said, don't worry. Come on, we'll take you to the teacher and get you changed. And as she got to the teacher, the teacher said, oh, dear, she said, Mandy, whatever of you, I've wet my knickers. <laughs> she said, well, why didn't you put your hand up? And the little girl said, well, I did, but it trickled through. <laughs> <laughs> now people say do they make them up honestly Geraldine I couldn't make them up I've not got the imagination to make them up you know and the little girl in the school when I was sitting in the corner and she came up and she said in the infants can you do add-ups I said yes can you I said yes can you do takeaways I said yes and she said can you do gozinters I said pardon gozinters two gozinter four Goes into it. I said, Yes, I can do Gazinters. And she looked at me and said, Well, you shouldn't be on this table, you should be on the top one. And pointed to her. <laughs> well, how does all this rub shoulders, Gervais, with the fact that you are now um, more than a freelance lecturer, broadcaster, and writer? You're a consultant for the Open University, honorary fellow at St John's College, yeah. York, the fellow and visiting professor of education at the <laughs> University Park, of it? Teesside. Not to forget, of course, a fellow of the Royal Society of Arts. Yeah. Well, it's just, I just, I've, actually, I've got three doctorates as well, which is nice. I mean, I've got a doctor of letters and a doctor of law, doctor, and, and it's just lovely because I don't have to earn them now, Geraldine. You know? <laughs> I just give them them. They're not, they're just, people just give them, and I'm very flattered that people should think that I've got something to say about education. I do feel very passionately about education because I had such a, a really good chance in life. I mean, I had con uh, concerned, loving supportive parents who wanted the very best for the children and great teachers and therefore I get dismayed to see on the television or read in the press the constant criticism of schools and teachers, the constant um, bombarding of, of, of the world and the society with the view that children aren't as well behaved or courteous or that they... There are difficult youngsters, no doubt, 
But I do meet hundreds and thousands of young people from loving homes in the hands of really good teachers who do achieve. Mm. And I do think they need celebrating rather more. And on my show, is full of anecdote and story and little poems and maybe a play, a little uh, sketch. But I do, at the end of the day, feel very positive about uh, young people. And I think they deserve, really do deserve, uh, to uh, have a voice. Indeed. Well, just before our curtain comes down, uh, ahead of your performance over here in a couple of weeks' time, Gervais, um, I thought you might like to go out with um, the, your father. You mentioned your father being a steel worker and yes, so on. Yes, yes. Um, the Christmas Eve poem, the poem that he used to recite to you all on Christmas yes, Eve. Yes, yes. The Irish Pig. Exactly. Well, my father also used to do monologues, you know. Have you got time to tell you, just briefly? Briefly. Well, the monologues he used to do was the uh, green eye of the little yellow god and uh, and others. But his favourite one, which we always wanted, and we had at his funeral, was the Irish pig. T'was an evening in November, as well I can remember. I was strolling down the road in drunken pride. My, my knees were all a flutter as I landed in the gutter, and a pig came up and lay down by my side. Now I lay there in the gutter thinking thoughts I could not utter, when a colleen passing by was heard to say, Sure you can tell the man who boasts by the company he chooses. And the pig got up and slowly walked away. <laughs> a wonderful note to end on. <laughs> now, everybody, you're going to be able to meet Gervais Finn on Saturday the 22nd, and you, you, he really will have you in stitches. This has just been <laughs> a foretaste of it all. I promise you, as he shares his hilarious tales, and you can, I'm sure, join in with him as well. Gervais Finn, thank you very much indeed once more for being such a fascinating guest Many on the Geraldine Jameson interview this week. Many thanks, Geraldine. Really appreciate it. The Mill Shop, Tinwald Mills. Now open Sundays 2 till 5pm. Take a fresh look at Tinwald Mills, St John's.